Oi, 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 oi. One, two, a check of one, two. With two minutes to go, it's fourth and thirty-two. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the fourth and thirty-two podcast. Super exciting Thursday night recap. A game between the Vikings and the Steelers is just me, Cole Smithson, and Ethan Sue on the pod today. Ethan, 29 to nothing. And then the Steelers storm back. They had a chance there to tie it at the end. Yeah, really close. It was an eight-point game, and they got the ball back with just a little bit over the two-minute mark, I think 215. Drove all the way down to the field, and it came down to one final play, too, and Fryermuth almost held on to it in triple coverage. Harrison Smith comes in and punches it out at the last second, and the Steelers lose the football game. But it would have been a great story. Oh, absolutely. Another game uh, where the Steelers score over 20 in the fourth quarter. They had nothing going all game. It looked over. Dalvin Cook goes for over 200 yards on the day. Yeah, only. Tw- what are you saying? I was going to say most yards in the NFL this season by an individual player in a game. Yep, and uh, – but yeah, no one's really broke 200 and he only took 27 carries to do it. They're just running right through the Steelers defense and then they just started chipping away like the Steelers have done multiple, multiple times this season. And Fryermuth got popped to have the ball come out. Yeah. Big Ben hit him. How do the Vikings let that happen? They let the Lions uh, do that to them last week where they just drive down the field. That last play where uh, Deontay Johnson caught the ball, broke the tackle from Patrick Peterson to set up the final shot, got out of bounds. Couldn't believe that happened, but we got to talk about how Kirk Cousins goes for less than 50% completions, throws two more picks this season, so now he's up to four, and he just looked absolutely horrible. There was a pass early. He missed Jefferson so bad high when he was wide open, and it's just this is the Kirk Cousins experience. I mean, you used to be a fan. Yeah, no, it's actually five interceptions, which is crazy about it because he was so efficient for a while. But now I think he has like, what, three picks in the last two games or something Mm -hmm. along that line. So he played shaky. We were talking before this started about the play where he late in the fourth quarter, Vikings are driving down the field. He throws a slant route to Osborne and totally just goes straight to the route, doesn't read the field, just anticipates. It gets picked off, almost taken back for a pick six. Mm -hmm. Sets up an eventual Steelers score. Um, So, you know, it it just wasn't a good outing for Kirk Cousins. This was a primetime performance. He needed to show up. He's lucky Dalvin Cook is on his team because he absolutely carried the load on offense, even though Jefferson had a fairly respectable game. But Kirk Cousins was missing a lot of throws in this one. Yeah, you can just tell he doesn't have that confidence. And this just always happens to him in prime time. Always happens to him in big moments. They were up 29 to nothing. You got to close that one out, bud. You cannot make that a game. Missed a couple throws there late. And Jefferson, 15 targets, seven catches. So he really was missing him. Should have had over 100 on the day. And I don't know, Big Ben going out kind of gloriously. Yeah. That was a good performance by Big Ben. I was impressed. He actually had a really good game. He led them back in the fourth quarter to be able to bring them within distance to even have a close chance to winning this game. Um, that There's definitely respect for that. I still think he's washed from a lot of the stuff we've seen, but it shows that he still has 
the greatness in him that we've seen for years when he was leading winning teams in Pittsburgh. He used to be um, the best at comebacks, man. He used to always be. Yeah. Uh, he's really good at this. When your team's down 17, you want Big Ben out of there on the field. Yeah, he's the he's very good at that aspect of it. And they were going after Breland, too. I thought mm-hmm. that out of defensive players, Breland had a really shocking bad game against uh, – what, why am I forgetting his name? Against Claypool tonight in particular. He was just getting flags everywhere all over the field covering Claypool. And then Minka Fitzpatrick was pretty active around the ball tonight, but he had a lot of penalties on him too, especially the one down the stretch at the end where he got a PI, gave the Vikings a chance. Eventually, Kirk Cousins threw a pick, so it didn't matter. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, this this was ended up being a really good football game after it seemed like it was just going to be a dominating performance by the Vikings. Yeah, so, the Vikings now in that eighth spot, waiting on all the games to happen this week. But if Washington loses, if the 49ers lose, they're right back in the mix mm-hmm. here. Um, they're hoping for some other teams to play poorly, but it's just it's just one of those things where I don't want the Vikings being the playoffs. Steelers needed this one if they wanted to keep their playoff hopes alive. They would have went to seven, five, and one. Six, six, and one just doesn't look that good. And it's not. So Oh man. Yeah, I know. There's not really much else to say. But these are these are two teams that are still very capable of making it into the playoffs with the games they have down the stretch here. Uh I I expect that the Vikings offense will only be better with Dalvin Cook involved. And I think if Big Ben plays like he played tonight, the Steelers could definitely rattle off a couple wins. So this was a good this was a good showing for what both these teams are capable of, I think, come playoff time. Yeah, if they make it there. I mean, Vikings got two games against the Bears. That's going to help. But then they got the Rams and Packers back-to-back weeks. So Yeah. And and when I say that, I also mean like just in the sense of you'll know if they're even going to be capable of making the playoffs when it comes around that point. Like you'll know if they're el- – we'll know if they're eliminated or not before that, I'm sure. But at the same time, you can look at them and say these are their flaws and they're so flawed in that aspect that they're not going to be able to be one of those teams considered. Yeah, unlikely. Kirk Cousins, man. I mean, Jefferson has asked, has to absolutely hate him. How about oh, yeah. how about Claypool on that last drive? What an idiot holding on to the ball and mm-hmm. when he got up on one knee and was posing with the football after he caught a big catch, mm-hmm. they could have gotten the ball spiked with like twenty five. They had twenty five seconds on the clock when he caught that ball. And he got up and he was posing. If they had gotten it, and then it got hit out of his hand. No, like, it was it, like it was it was like thirty-five seconds, and then it fell all the way down to oh, like twenty-two. Yeah. And the line was yelling at him, and he yelled back at one of the linemen that was getting on him. He like kind of looked like a little kid. He did like some like hands down to yeah. the to the ground bullshit thing, and it's like, dude, you got to know the situation there. You get tackled and bounce, no timeouts, like. Come yeah. on, stop celebrating your first down. Yeah, that's that's there's been all that stuff about Claypool wanting like music at practice and mm-hmm. oh, we want to change the Steeler. And it's like, dude, like you can't be doing stuff like that if you want to change a culture. You can't be, but you got to go uh, make heady plays on the football field before they respect you in the locker room more. That seemed yeah. to be something deeper than 
than just one play. But yeah, one hundred percent. He, on football perspective, he had a pretty good performance here. But yeah, Claypool just seems like every so often the things that come out about him just seem like selfish things, and mm-hmm. I don't know how much you love that. And you know, I have no idea how much of that is true, but it was not a good look for him to celebrate his own one victory of a catch in that game at the expense of his team, not having time to win the game. Uh, So that was a sucky part of the game, but good for the Vikings for getting this victory. They desperately needed it. You and me both picked the Vikings, correct? I know I I picked the the Steelers, dude, and I bet on them. I bet on them plus three, and that last play, I was like, he got it, because it wouldn't have mattered. It would have been the bet. I I wanted the two-point to lose there, and I was like, oh, goddammit. But uh, how about the Steelers defense? You got Devin Bush, Joe Schobert, Micah Fitzpatrick just getting shredded right up the middle. Their defensive line was no contest, and the Vikings offensive line has struggled this season. So that's that doesn't look good. And Cam Dantzler is once again just Bad. like yeah, he had a really rough game there, especially in the fourth. Got a hold. That's they said it on the broadcast, and I think it, it was it was perfectly said. This is why you keep playing. Don't give yeah. up. Just start throwing no, it around. Go have fun. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> this is what the game's all about. The announcers say you get guys who go out there and they get their opportunities and they're going to take advantage of it, whether it's good or it's not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like a lot of teams would have packed it in down 29, nothing, but they were like, no, we're, we're going for the win. We, we got our season on the line, but that that's just a Mike Tomlin coach team right there. Yeah, if the Vikings could just get like one six-star DB to sign with them or draft one, that would be so good for them because I don't remember the last time they had a DB where I was like, yeah, he's outside of Harrison Smith, I guess. But but he's getting old. Yeah, exactly. And they haven't had a bunch of DBs recently where I go nuts over who they've had. and They've swung and missed on a bunch of draft picks too. Dude, I know. And I saw I saw a montage of rookie Harrison Smith highlights, and they were from like the late 2000s, like 2008 or something. I was like, damn, he's old. Maybe like 2012. I, I'm now I'm Googling when he got drafted. Uh, yeah, 2012. So it was 2012. But that's yeah, still but- that's still like 10 years ago. Oh, Makes yeah, sense. and it, it's surprising how much older the video looks just being a couple of years mm-hmm. ago. Mm-hmm. It's got that, like, 2012 look to it where it's, like, early HD, like, mm-hmm. before they got all their shit together. But anyway, <laughs> um, any last words on this? Are you ready to go out? No, I'm good to go. This was a good game, though, for sure. Absolutely. It's made it exciting at the end. That's all, that's all we want in these Thursday night games. Be exciting. Be fun. Yeah. Absolutely. I got positive production on all the fantasy teams that I had players playing for. So can't complain about that. Absolutely. Definitely hit the over on that. All right. From me, Cole Smith, from Ethan Soon, from everyone else in the 4th and 32 podcast family. Thank you. Peace. Peace.